everybody. This is Zach. This is Stuart. And uh, this is another main show. This is on uh, Pandemic, the board game, or our new reality. Yeah. <laughs> Sad. Um, so I think we were saying, yeah, like last last uh, main episode, we were saying as a peek behind the curtain, um, this is not an episode with poor taste and timing. Um, we actually decided on, on this, this schedule about a year ago. So this just happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's still a lot, uh, in here. And if you're play, you're able to play with your, your household or your, your bubble of people. Um, this is a very good game to play, I think. Um, yeah. Um, there's definitely aspects of it that, um, not super thrilled about but i do think they do a lot of good um yeah well and so the the reason i say that is that like it's it's designed to be cooperative really mm -hmm. um you're not really going to get in an argument with your family members because you're all kind of working towards the same goal if yeah. that makes sense um but it it came out in 08 um and the designer matt matt laycock um actually started the design for the game in, in 04. Uh, he apparently realized, uh, like I was listening to a podcast where he was being interviewed and he was saying that he, he realized that competitive games um, were actually damaging his relationship with his wife because they're both extremely competitive people. <laughs> yeah. um, and so he based it on the 02 to 04 uh, SARS outbreak. I don't know if you uh, remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, that one was about two years. Mm. Um, so the the way that this game works is that all of the players are CDC specialists trying to contain an outbreak of a pandemic. Um, so there's two to four players, and you can play one of seven randomly determined specialists. Uh, there's a, or and they all have different. Yeah, or you can pick them. Like by like rules as written, they should be randomized. But I've always just chosen who i find interesting uh yeah. because they all have different powers like the um so there's there's a dispatcher medic scientist researcher operations expert contingency planner and a quarantine specialist um there are 48 cities on the the globe basically your board is kind of a uh, a flattened uh world map with like risk large cities connected yeah kind of like risk um, and then there's a deck of player and infection cards. Uh, there are special event cards that you can play that kind of give you uh, benefits or, or extra actions. Uh, and then there are epidemic cards, which kind of work like special event cards for the disease. <laughs> um, uh, infection cards will randomly determine the location and severity of an outbreak in different cities. So either one, two, or three cubes representing severity of outbreak. Uh, of one of the four diseases, and they're determined by the the, the color of the cubes. Um, so you could have multiple outbreaks in one city. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. uh, now, the players start in Atlanta, uh, where the CDC is based. Yep. Uh, like I said, rules is written a random roll, but you just start with a roll and then a respective amount of player cards. So you can take up to four actions or uh, per turn, right? Um, you can do movement, so you can 
go between interconnected cities uh, by driving uh, direct flight. You can uh, travel directly to a city that the player has a card to, and you get rid of that card. You can charter a flight. Uh, it's any city that a player has a current city card for. Uh, let's see. And then shuttle flight, which is a city. You can go from a city with a research lab to any other city with a research lab without discarding a card. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like like uh, world points on a map in a video game. Yeah. Uh, or warp points, rather. Um, so you can also share knowledge. Uh, you have to be in the same city as another player, and you can exchange cards. Um, treat a disease by treating one unit of infection from a city uh, that the, the player has the cards for. Um, you can build a research station, which is especially helpful because then you can just kind of zip, zap, zap between <laughs> cities very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. uh, now, you do have to have the card of that city, obviously. Um, there's a lot of that that's determined in this game, kind of like a ticket to ride, I think is a a similar style game where you have to have so many copies of a card to build a new train cabin. Yeah. Yeah. You do have to have the, um, card, the, um, because each card has a color and a, a location on it. And the way that you actually like cure disease is, when you're at a research facility, you can exchange five of the same colored cards to right. that re- or that vaccine, basically, because the colors of the cards correspond with the colors of the uh, disease. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about this that that or an interesting thing that I find about the the discover a cure action that, that mm-hmm. you were saying is that finding the cure doesn't stop more infection. Uh, You have to actually eradicate the disease. Exactly. Um, Which is kind of how real diseases operate. (laughs) That is correct. Um, But uh, yeah, after every turn, a a player will, you know, draw two cards. Uh, Can't have more than seven. Um, If you draw an epidemic card, uh, three cubes uh, go in the city from the infection deck, uh, or reset the infection deck, uh, or and reset the infection deck. Sorry, I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> um, uh, I just thought you were probably reading out of the actual instruction manuals. No, no, I didn't because I like I, I have all my notes it and sounds like, like, like slides and stuff. Yeah, no, well, I mean, I did go, th- but it's like <laughs> maybe he just has I the instruction manual opening, it. like where he's just like reading the instructions. No, no, I I did go through it because like the um the instruction manuals actually um expand on this uh like with different scenarios. So this is just like a summation of them. Okay. Um but uh but yeah, so so uh you know, when an outbreak happens, each each connected city gets another cube of that color that just had an outbreak in that city. So this mm-hmm. is how how the disease spreads and how how the game simulates that. Um, interestingly, there are uh, four ways that this game can end. Three of them are fail conditions, and one of them is a win condition. Yeah. Um, if you have more than seven outbreaks occur, it's a failure. Um, 
because there's a, a track that you can keep keep track of the the outbreaks with. Um, if there are no more cubes of a specific color when you need them for an infection or an outbreak, it's a failure. If you don't have any more player cards, there's a failure. So there's just kind of a timed or a, a built-in timer uh, to this. Um, so if you have someone who's not cooperating and not sharing cards and things like that, um, yeah, that'll you know lead to a failure <laughs> um, no that would never happen yeah that would never happen like i can't imagine in the base game why you would do that um now the win condition is if the players discover the cure for all four of the diseases um mm. i think i've played this I, I i don't know how many times i've played this i've only ever had a win condition like twice <laughs> well you can actually um lower or higher the difficulty rating depending on how many infection cards you put in the deck so if you want like a more easier time at it you can definitely um lower the amount of cards that you have in there so right um but uh but yeah so so you know like like we were saying the uh, the wins in in this require cooperation Mm -hmm. um the roles obviously would change rules for specific characters met like medics can treat all of the cubes in a city with one action. Um, or I, I think if there's something about the medic, like if there's a cure for that disease, you can remove all of the cubes of that color no, without so, even doing an action. Yeah. So um, you could just go into the city and you automatically cure everything. Yeah. 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 Um, scientists only need four cards to come up with a cure, things like that. Um, all of the rules have some benefit, like the logistics expert can actually move other people to other cities as long as they have the card, which is really yeah. handy. Yeah, um, I mean, that's that like, that's pretty much the, the, the one I always stick with is just the logistics expert. Cause I'm just like, okay, where you need to be. Okay. Go over here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I think we were alluding to, I can't remember if we were, I know we were saying it off mic, but I can't remember if we brought up in the last um, episode, there are a ton of expansion scenarios and spinoffs. There are. Um, in this. So there are some not so popular ones where there's just dice rolling, where you can just do dice. There's yeah. one where um, it's Cthulhu-based, where it's not diseases, it's cultists. There's one that's like, you know, where you are the disease and you're trying to infect everybody. There's yeah. all sorts of different ones. Um, I mean, this game's just extremely popular. So they oh, it is. definitely capitalized on the popularity of this game. And... Um, yeah, they they made every game underneath the book. Um, the ones that <laughs> stand out the best, um, and I think most people in the gaming community agree, are the um, pandemic legacy boxes. Yeah, those legacy boxes are like I want to say they're in the top three on Board Game Geek, like yeah. consistently. Um, people, so like the, there's basically two different ones at this point so there's there's a uh, season one uh actually which there's is... three. Oh, there's there's a third one that came out mm-hmm. season zero 
Oh, oh, I didn't see anything about that. Season zero, where you're not fighting a disease, you're fighting communism. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Just recently came (laughs) out. Um, I actually, um, I watched the game review of it on YouTube. There's a fantastic uh, group of people. They're British. Um, They do great. uh, Oh, shut up and sit down? Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they just recently did a uh, review on Pandemic Episode Zero. So it goes from Episode Zero, where you're fighting communism, to Episode One, where you're fighting diseases, to Episode Two, where you're trying to rebuild uh, a civilization. Yeah, yeah. So um, so the, the Legacy games actually had... Uh, Matt Laycock had help with Rob Davio, um, who kind of uh invented the legacy games format Mm -hmm. um and yeah like you were saying season season one the way a a legacy game would work uh, if you're unfamiliar with it is that the rules will change permanently uh after each game so and the board changes permanently and they have really interesting like they have boxes of cards that you depending on what happens um that is your new deck so yeah. you could play yeah, so. a, um, well, unfortunately, most legacy games, once you play it once, just because, you know, you end up like modifying cards or removing cards or, you know, doing all this other things, um, the game is not playable afterwards. Yeah, which, I mean, I'm fine with because the... Like this game, I want to say is what, like $60 or so. And you have five players like that's less than the cost of a movie and you get multiple games out of it. Um, I know that there's a couple that you can replay. So like Risk Legacy, you can play Seafall, which is a another one that Rob, Rob Davio designed. You can play uh, you just like you're stuck with the rules as you've changed them because you can't go back and like cut up cards that are have already been cut up yeah um and uh i think betrayal at the house on the hill legacy oh, you can replay it. legacy edition yeah yeah there's a legacy of that as well that's cool um but uh but yeah so so as far as expansions go like there's only three expansions and, and what i mean by that is is adding on to the base game right um the one of them let's see yeah it's on the brink it's the first one it actually introduces a bioterrorist role for the pc or for for the players rather um i kind of like that that traitor mechanic that you're introducing but then part of me is like well you designed this game to be non-competitive yeah and then you again, introduce a hidden traitor. <laughs> I guess you're trying to again with it being so popular. Why not? Yeah, get as many people. Wall? Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that I like about this is that there are scenarios that are actually on the the webcam or the webcam, the website. Um, uh, they're all free to download, and they change the base game specifically. So there's things like isolation and government shutdown that are like scenarios you can play through of like Hmm. oh what happens if there's a a government shutdown during a pandemic who knows yeah (laughs) um 
there's there's a couple spinoffs. You mentioned one of them. Um, there's there's one live? that seeing. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Sorry, you went a little tinny. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, we're we're still uh, socially distanced right now, so we're <laughs> working through technical issues as they arise. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah, one of the the spinoffs that I thought actually sounded interesting is called The Cure, and it's it's uh, like you were saying, it's dice based, and so you have kind of less cities to work with, and then outcomes of each turn are like a hundred percent chance based dice rolls. Mm-hmm. Um. Which it itself, the spinoff, has uh, an, an expansion that adds a fifth disease and then a hot zone mechanic. Hmm. Um, there's Contagion, which, like you said, is card-based, where you're playing as the disease and you're trying to eradicate humanity. Yeah. And so I can't help but feel like that's maybe a Plague Inc. ripoff, if you've ever played that on the phone. Yeah, yeah, probably. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, again, um, like, you know, with Pandemic being so popular, like the actual, you know, game and everything, I think they were going to try anything and see what, you know, was the bestseller. Yeah. Now, I I do have um, Reign of Cthulhu, which is the Cthulhu one. It's, uh, it's actually uh, Matt Laycock and Chuck Yeager designed mm-hmm. it. It's not just Laycock. Um, but yeah, you play as people fighting cultists and you're trying to prevent the summoning of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Um, now I got it for my birthday right before this pandemic started. So I have not played it yet, but no. I, I, <laughs> I plan to um, one day and then, yeah, one day uh, let's see, there's a survival series, which I love. I have one of them dearly love it. I want to pick up the other two um, where they, they take historical events and turn them into uh, like they, they put the pandemic twist on it. So like yeah. um, I have uh, Iberia, which is Laycock. And then the other designer is Jesus Torres Castro. Mm-hmm. Um, it's set in 1848 in the Iberian Peninsula. Um, railroads and water are the main ways of, of traveling and the the, um, the measure of, of good in the world, basically. Um Malaria, typhus, yellow fever, and cholera are the the four diseases you're you're fighting against. Hmm. Um, so you're kind of having to ba- balance both water and also these diseases. <laughs> so you yeah. have, it's a little bit more complicated, uh, complex, um, or complex mechanics mm-hmm. to to do that. Um, yeah, and obviously like cholera and and malaria are. And I, th- I think typhus and yellow fever, like all of those are, are tied to water. Yeah, um, yeah, they are. In some way. So, um, so yeah, it's it's interesting managing that aspect. Um, there, there's a rising tide, which I want to get because it, it looks interesting. It's, uh, you're, it's set in the Netherlands and you're preventing flooding. So mm-hmm. you're like trying to build dikes to keep, keep disasters from happening. Yeah. Um, and then the last cool. one that came out for it is Fall of Rome. So in it, you're you're recruiting armies and fortifying cities, making you know alliances, and just generally trying to keep the peace while Rome is in the middle of falling. So it's kind of like a mixture of like 
like risk in pandemic yeah that's interesting (laughs) um i'm a little less interested in that but i still do like the idea behind the survival series yeah Um, i mean they're pretty cool and everything Um, yeah um there's um and there's there's another spinoff that seems interesting but it's got it it relies so heavily on twitch mechanics that yeah i'm not a huge fan of it just because like i have some dexterity issues in one of my hands but uh, it's called rapid response it came out just last year um it's not designed by laycock at all it's actually designed by a guy named kane Klinko. um so the players are uh, an international crisis response team responding to a disaster and so you're you're delivering supplies to cities instead of looking for a, a cure to a pandemic so you're basically rolling dice and allocating results to different actions so like some of them will produce resources some of them um uh will will send things to affected cities um the the game will pause occasionally apparently um and so there's a new city added every every two minutes Hmm. um so you can kind of reset and go okay where am i assigning these things in this new city what's the dexterity Um, that comes into play so because there's a a new timer every or a new new city added every two minutes Mm -hmm. um the dexterity comes into play by basically you it starts out slow, so you get a chance to pick it up. But the more cities there are, the more things you'll have to decide on where to send to these cities because the board resets at a certain point, is my understanding. Do you like to um, move those things, or? Yeah, so like you would allocate those dice that you've rolled to the cities that are lacking those. Oh. Um. So so yeah, that, that that's where the two minute like timer comes in. Okay. Um. So yeah, you you win by delivering relief to to all the cities, and you lose when you run out of time, um, or if you create too much waste. So like if you have way too much food supplies on this one city, it's like okay, there now now there's rats everywhere, and now there's disease, and now it's a different problem. Oh uh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> um. Now there are adaptations of Pandemic, the base game. Um on ios and then there's a port i think i saw on pc and steam yeah um, there's one i on don't steam. see there's an apple port but it's it's already in the app store so you know yeah because i mean it's it's quite a basic game where it's yeah. easy to sort of like port it into something so i can see like again i'm not like a coder or anything along those lines but i could see how you know with the simple mechanics and everything like that it would be something that um would be easily transferable to like the digital aspect oh yeah yeah and i mean you know this is one lots of awards so like it's not it's not uh, surprising at all that they've had so many adaptations mm-hmm. um you know the just looking through the awards they've got origins games magazine golden geek um legacy season one got a record four golden geeks for best board game best thematic board game best strategy board game and best innovative board game yeah and i've never played any of the um episode or episode ones the legacy ones i mean mainly my experience has been through just the base um pandemic 
And yeah. I'll say it's fun, but it's probably not my favorite game. Yeah. Um, I do feel like more times than not, um, a couple of players just kind of take over and start like, com- not commanding, but like giving instructions to other players who are playing and those people that does happen up, frequently yeah and those people end up not uh having fun because they're not actually playing <laughs> they're letting somebody else play there which is i think a problem yeah no i i definitely agree with that um now i i will say that i do like this game because like i i have like i said the base game and the um cthulhu one and then the iberian Mm -hmm. uh, peninsula one um i'm not a very competitive person when i play games so i actually like having more cooperative games yeah um and i think having cooperative games are good i really do feel like it's dependent on who you are playing with because you know if you're playing with somebody who's really demanding of people on like what they should be doing and how they should be playing um then that becomes a little bit of a a difficult thing yeah yeah basically you've got to navigate your like this i will say that i don't think this would be good at a con because i i can very much see a situation arising like you described where it's like okay this person is playing three other people and this fourth person is playing yeah as well you know um like i think this is better for like playing with your friends and family Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) like people that you know um because eventually like a groove will get set up where it's like okay this is how we handle this uh, rather than someone telling you how to play your specific role or character. Yeah. Who you don't know, who's just shouting at you. <laughs> yeah, because that's never good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, all in all, I, I really like it, at least when I was doing these notes, um, you know, a few days ago, I, I saw that Legacy 1 is actually uh quoted as being the best board game ever on board game geek Mm, um and it's currently yeah like for a while it was number one right now it's number two behind gloomhaven huh um i don't know but but for yeah like i i'm sorry i'm not a huge fan of a game where i have to assemble miniatures myself um (laughs) well it's on the pc too I know yeah. that I have it as a um, as a wish list item um, because I think it's in early access or something. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, no, th- this is one of those games. It's like Gloomhaven. I mean, is it, it was like two hundred dollars, and like you have to assemble everything yourself, and there's a ton of minis in it, and it's like, yeah, I get that it's an entire RPG campaign in a box, but like, I got RPG books. <laughs> yeah i got minis like i don't i don't need to pay 200 dollars for that <laughs> yeah 
I, I mean, I have I've never played it. Maybe I'll I'll come across a, a copy at like a like a convention or something and be able to play it and go, oh my god, this is amazing. But um, yeah, of the two, I think I much prefer Pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I I enjoyed Pandemic when I played it, but I've never really like chomping at the bit to play it. Like, yeah well and know, i mean when was the last people, time that you played it too um at the beginning of the year because my hmm. friends thought it was funny to play pandemic if ah uh, yeah not knowing that you know not knowing this it would turn into one hundred and seventy thousand people being dead yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so you know so i actually ended up playing it a bit during the beginning of the year gotcha you know it was it was okay that's yeah i think the last time i thing is it was okay (laughs) well the last time i played it i think was oh maybe god all the days run together i guess like in it was around like the winter time because I played it with my family because mm-hmm. like it's like I said, it's it's something that that you can very easily play with people who who don't play board games very often and you can still pick up the rules very quickly because yeah. it's very well streamlined. Um, so, yeah, within the last year as well. Okay. Um, and yeah, like you said, I'm not like chomping at the bit to play but you know maybe you know i have to go back to work this next week but you know maybe next weekend my wife can sit down and play my wife and i can sit down and play uh the pandemic cthulhu yeah i mean really you can play that game by yourself if you want to like that's a game that you could just solo oh is it a solo what well i mean yeah yeah i guess you could play different roles by yourself yeah Yeah. everything's a solo game if you try hard enough (laughs) no i mean it's it can be a legit solo game yeah yeah (laughs) um but yeah uh um all in all i i definitely recommend this game if you or a even a variation of this game depending on if you prefer um dice dice building games or card build or deck building games or you know things like that or if you like traditional board games um yeah i give it a a meh you give it a meh yeah (laughs) um you know it's i don't think it's something that would be coming off my shelf anytime soon Um, gotcha but, you know, if somebody was like, hey, do you want to play this game? And I had nothing better to do. Okay. <laughs> I mean, so take that to what you will. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I guess my, my point largely is that there are so many different iterations of this that, you know, one of them will probably strike someone's fancy. Yeah, I'm sure somebody like, again, I... I guess the legacy games are a lot better and i definitely yeah. would be interested in like playing one of those games but gotcha but yeah as, for those oh sorry I was oh yeah, say, yeah. As, like the base game i would just be kind of like eh. right yeah well and and for the legacy games like i would love to 
play that, but like you definitely need to have a core group of people who are going to be back with you. Cause like we, um, we have a game started with a, a few friends of, of Seafall mm-hmm. and we're like five or six turns in <laughs> to yeah. the game. And it's like, we haven't played in like at least, at least eight months at this point. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like, okay, I don't want this game to like last forever, not ever come back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because no one sit down, sat down to play it. And like, similarly with, um, we have a friend that, that has a uh, risk legacy and they're like halfway through. And the last time they played was like two years ago. Cause that was the last time they were able to sit down and play. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that that's the downside of legacy games, but they, you know, uh, I would definitely love to have, you know, a regular game night and go through the, yeah. the legacy versions. And again, it's, it's kind of like with role playing it's, it's hard to get, you know, five grown people in one room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, um, yeah, all that being said, uh, why don't we talk about some me, me, me's? Sure. Um, I guess I, I can go first this week. I have uh, three things. I got two shows and a, uh, and a book okay. to go through. So um, the book is one that I actually picked up for free from someone who was attending a convention a while ago (laughs) and had the author just throw a bunch of signed copies at her. And she was just like, here, you would like reading this. (laughs) So it's um, I I don't think I'm actually going to finish the 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 book, um, Hmm. the series. Well, no, the series, because it's book one. So it's uh, it's J.A. Hunter's viridian gate online colon cataclysm colon book one it's so it's it's a part of the lit rpg um movement do you do you know anything about that now i know about the like rpg uh anime movement yeah so it's it's kind of similar so like lit rpg is kind of like like the the framing device for for this specific book is that there's some cataclysmic event that's going to happen. And if you can upload your consciousness into this online game, quote unquote, um, you live as long as you don't die in the game. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's still very much like playing an MMO. Like every now and then the person will talk about bringing up their stat sheet and they'll, they'll show you the stat sheet and like the percentage for them, their skills and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is very, soa yeah it's it's very soa um which yeah sword art online yeah or sao yeah sword art online um it's it's very much in that vein um the reason i said i'm not gonna finish it is i feel like i i feel like so so the the book is is well written Mm -hmm. um there's like five books in this series and based on the size of the uh printing and the spacing on it mm-hmm. i feel like they could have been like one book and they um, the the author like separated them into four yeah or five or however many there are in it um so like i enjoyed the first bit but it, it very much seems like a first act 
in a book. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if if all of the lit RPG books are written like this, like that might be a problem because it, it comes across to me as someone who's not interested in tell telling a story they're interested in selling you a story mm-hmm. um and i don't you know i don't really appreciate that yeah but i mean you know on the other hand like it is well put together and people who follow a craft and doing something i think should probably be rewarded for it so i do recommend it if you like that type of thing i just I don't have room on my you. bookshelves. Well, yeah, like in two, like it's a space issue. Like I don't have room on my bookshelves for, you know, five separate books when they could have been one and much slimmer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, and I have not come across this in the library. So I don't know. I actually can't remember what the press is on it. It might be self-published, but um, I'm sure there's a press that, that specializes in that this type of genre yeah um but yeah it's just the the lit rpg uh movement i guess i'm I'm sure there's a website out there you could go to but uh yeah so that's that's my first um how about you um so netflix just recently released um cora um it's the sequel to avatar um oh yeah they did Mm -hmm. yeah and I had never, well, take that back. I saw the first season of Korra. And then I think something happened where maybe I didn't have access to Nickelodeon or something along those lines. So I wasn't able to um, finish any of it. Um, and I love Avatar. I think it's a fantastic series and everything along those lines. So I've yeah. been watching the um, second episode of Cora, uh, or not second episode, second season of Cora. Sorry. Um, oh, okay. Unfortunately, from what I've read on like websites and stuff like that, it's the weakest of the series or of the seasons. Oh, okay. So that's kind of tempered my expectation, but it's still. You know, I think the story is probably the thing that's suffering the most. Um, I really do enjoy, like, the characters and everything along those lines. Like, I think that the character creation or, you know, the character development that they've done with uh, Korra was really great. And I'm really interested to sort of see where it goes from here okay um but yeah it's it's really interesting that netflix um i guess they worked out something with nickelodeon because you know they first had avatar and then they had um cora and i guess they're still planning on doing the live action um avatar like so the creators of the show who they brought back to do the um live action um i was reading i think friday um they put out a press statement where the the creators were saying yeah we can't really be on this anymore i'm sure it'll be a great show but Mm. we're we're cutting our ties with this um so i don't know what that means like because 
you know, it's not a creator saying don't watch this, but it's also creator saying uh, they're moving in a direction that I don't want to move into and I don't think we should move into. But, you know, end of the day, that's their decision because they bought the rights. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And also, you know, it's not necessarily your fault that you weren't able to see Korra when it was on, because like, I remember there being some really weird, like airing things with it where like the first half of a season was online only. And then it got put on television. Yeah. Some of the episodes got aired out of order, like between the website and the, uh, tv channel and you know stuff like that um and also i feel like it's it was targeting an older demographic which may have hurt the viewership because i I don't know if that would have been communicated with it being on nickelodeon you know yeah um i definitely think that it's it's geared towards a more mature audience but yeah like like early early to mid-teens i would guess based on what i've seen but from what I've read on um, line, the rest of the seasons uh, three and four are actually really good. So okay, I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, I know I kind of got to slog a little bit through season two, but um, <laughs> you know, it, it, luckily it's not as long as the actual Avatar like seasons. Like, the actual Avatar seasons um, were, I think, around, like, 20, 20 20-plus episodes per season. Yeah, they were a standard, um, like, uh, network show's worth of episodes. So it would have been, like, between 20 and and 23 episodes per season. Mm -hmm. But a lot of those were multi-episode arcs. So, like, if you go back to to Netflix... um, and, and I only know this because it's in my queue and I was curious a few days ago because hmm. um, I, I kind of want to rewatch it. Like every, it's one of those shows every few years I'll go back and rewatch. Yeah, I think and I think two years ago we did an episode on, on it. So. Yeah. Avatar is um, fantastic. Like, you know. Yeah. it Like, I want to say I want to say there's there's less than 20 in each season on Netflix because they've put all of the multi episode arcs into one episode. So like there's one season where there's an episode that's like an hour and a half. Hmm. <laughs> and then there's like three episodes in a row that are just 22 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> huh. But so um, like they've, they've done some funny stuff with that, with the transition to Netflix. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, uh, Cora isn't that long. It like, there's only, um, I think around like 12 to like 16 episodes. So, are they still 22 minutes or are they like yeah, 45? There's still 22 okay. minutes. Gotcha. But yeah, I it's just it's been enjoyable to like get back to that world. Like the world was always super interesting to me. Like I always enjoyed it. I thought it was a fantastic um you know, world. And um yeah, it, it's really awesome to kind of get back to it. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I, I look forward to watching it. I'll probably watch it once we go through a rewatch of Avatar just to kind of get me in the right headspace. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so we we watched I, f- I finally made my way through a DVD that my wife got me for my birthday 
way hmm. back in May, um, of Pirates of Darkwater. Oh yeah, I love that show. My, that show is that's super old. So awesome. Yeah, it is super old. I um I've never seen all of it. Um, well, they don't finish it. They don't. They don't finish it. Which kind of sucks. I kind of wish. Yeah, it's a Hannah Barbera show. Yeah, I well, and and it's funny um, because I was reading about some of the backstory while we were watching it. Mm -hmm. Is I I swear that there are some some uh, episodes where I'm watching it. I'm like, these writers had to have based this on a D and D game they were playing. Like, you know, like second edition advanced dungeons and dragons. Like, like that, that's just the, the, the style that some of the episodes have, um, which is really interesting. The, uh, the, the first like three or four episodes are actually like were, were aired as one big movie. And so it's funny. You can tell that there's an animation like quality drop off because like, the the episodes that were part of that movie are all animated very um very well very professionally and then the rest of the season is like your standard Hanna Barbera cartoon where it's yeah. like okay I can see that this is a transition cell and <laughs> mm-hmm. like the background is a different color than the character on it, like things like that um but yeah like I had forgotten how fun and good that show is yeah um, that show I, is I really enjoyed it a lot of fun um I wouldn't mind doing an episode on it personally it's it's really really cool yeah I wouldn't actually <laughs> mind doing that too well, cool I will I will add it to a list that we can cobble together okay. <laughs> um what uh so yeah what what uh did you do anything else this this past week yeah i um actually finished uh pokemon uh i finished uh pokemon shield it had been kind of sitting on my shelf for a little bit um i just hadn't gone to it um, okay but yeah it was it was all right um like i really enjoyed the the world like you know pokemon does different themes and stuff like that like the previous pokemon i believe was uh hawaiian with the aloha like pokemon and everything along those lines um and this one was like uh british based so there was a lot of like british references and things along those lines um so that was very enjoyable and like it was nice that they kind of throw you a little bit for a loop on like the team like the team is called team yell and um they don't end up being what you think they are but like the whole story in general was kind of lackluster and Mm. uh the ending was kind of a little bit of a letdown but it was nice just to kind of go through and beat it it's funny though because like the majority of my uh pokemon on my team when i beat it were just like half of them were actual og pokemon from like gen one <laughs> just because you know they're the most familiar um now I, have you been transferring your library between games since no i'm way not back? i'm not oh. that crazy oh, okay <laughs> i'm i'm not that uh 
Well, so are you going to like, do you have to play Pokemon Sword to get like the whole story or is it just like a different set of it? It's uh, just available Pokemon. Yeah, just a different set of available Pokemon, but it's basically the same story. Um, Same region, same everything. There's just some um, different type Pokemon. So in case like you want to go through and catch them all, um, I'm definitely not in that mindset to catch them all so <laughs> you yeah. don't need to have every single pokemon in your pokedex i do not um <laughs> yeah i think that would just take forever but um yeah i ended up with like a kingler for like a water pokemon a raichu and a um bioplume as part of my team okay all og pokemon i think the only one like Golara region, which is the new region Pokemon that I had on my team, was the starter Pokemon, the Scorcho Bunny, which was <laughs> interesting because he was a soccer player. Like, okay, he was based off of it was like a um, a bunny mixed with a soccer player. Okay, yeah, but yeah, it was um, nonetheless it was fun. Like you know, it's another decent add to the pokemon world um <laughs> you know it's safe that's the thing it, it's very safe like I don't. oh so they played it too safe you're thinking no i mean i wouldn't say too safe i'm just saying like you know it was nice because you could really customize your character which was really cool i was glad that they were able to like really give you full customization and everything along those lines but yeah, it just is same formula. Like it was nice with um the Aloha region. You had like a set of poker or gyms, you had like um challenges, you had island ta- challenges, which was really cool. Okay. But um but yeah, you know, nonetheless it was still it was still fun to go through and if you're a fan of Pokemon, I would highly recommend it. Okay. Well, cool. I yeah. The last Pokemon that I played, I think, was um, I had Fire. My brother had, or I had Red, and my brother had Blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the OG ones. I think yeah. So so I I kind of played through all of that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just I'm not a huge JRPG fan personally, and so it's a um, lot of grinding. Yeah, I I don't. Like I've I've said before, I feel like the eight to fifteen hour range game is what would hold my attention now. Yeah. Um anything longer than that, I'm probably not gonna make it back to it. Or if I do, I will have forgotten how to play and have to start over. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> um But yeah, I mean, and that's that's not to yuck anyone's yum because, you know, I I get why Pokemon is appealing. Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, especially if you're in for that grind, like Yeah. So that, I will that grind say, is something that will tickle, tickle the, the right spaces in some, the right person's brain, I guess. Um, the grind wasn't that bad. Um, oh, really? No. But yeah. do you think they went maybe more mainstream for this one? No, I just think... Or were trying to go more mainstream and less like hardcore grindy grind? Same. <laughs> it would be more like... Uh, they, they made a lot of like quality of life improvements, which made mm. things... Um, not as grindy 
Um, gotcha. Because again, like they had the overworld where you could see the Pokemon. So if you didn't want to like get into any random battles, you didn't have to. And okay. it felt like, you know, it was kind of like, you've seen Pokemon Go, right? Yes, I have. Yeah, so it was based a lot like Pokemon Go, where the Pokemon just kind of like pop up. And like, if you want to catch that Pokemon, you can, but you don't have to. And, um, okay. you know, I definitely skipped a lot of battles, but I didn't feel like I was under level for the uh, final, final challenge. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was that's basically me. Okay. Uh well yeah, so the the last thing I did is uh and I have an asterisk next next to this because I feel like it's something that we could do for a future episode at some point. Um is uh an anime on Netflix called B Stars. Have you seen this? Yeah, I did Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have. <laughs> it's um it is probably the horniest anime. <laughs> like not not like not like hentai. Like it's not graphic graphic. Um it's definitely a TVMA anime yeah. um with anthropomorphized animals. It's like it's like an R-rated Zootopia. Yeah. Um so you you you're you've you keep on watching it. Have you finished it yet? Yeah, I, I've yeah, I've finished the first se or the first part of the first season. How okay. whatever's on Netflix right now. Like we've seen all of that. Yeah, because um, I, it is. You ended up talking about it last. Well, not last uh, show, but like a couple shows back. Oh, did I? Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I um, I, yeah. At that point, I think we had started it, and oh, okay, <laughs> we've made our way through because it. So I've, I've I haven't it seen now. it, but I've heard about it, and I heard about it from you. Okay, gotcha. It's um, <laughs> I hear it's, it's got a really good opening, like sound. Uh, oh yeah, no, the soundtrack in it is awesome, and I I keep laughing just because it's it's to me it's absurd. I know, like, I'm not I like I'm not laughing to make fun of anyone that that likes this because, like I said, I would love to do an episode on it because it's 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 very strange, but it's very entertaining and it's entrancing, right? Mm -hmm. Um. It's it's like I said, it's probably the the horniest show I've seen in a while. Yeah. Like it's just filled with the thirstiest characters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's 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 fun and enjoyable. If, if you like Zootopia and you like R-rated mm -hmm. uh, versions of, of cartoons, then then this will be right up your alley because this is basically R-rated Zootopia. Nice. So um, yeah, you would still cool. recommend it and everything. Oh, absolutely! I would definitely recommend it. How many seasons um, are there? Uh, well, so the first season came out, or it's it's so it's a Netflix original, um, mm -hmm. and it came out late last year, I think, uh, maybe early this year. Um, but I can't remember if it's just the first part of a season or if it's actually the first season. But it's it's only like. I think 12 episodes oh. let me double check okay real quick um it's not very long at all um it's let's see b stars oh okay so it's based on a manga um and yeah there's 12 episodes um so it is let's see october 8th is when they came out no oh. okay huh. yeah that's uh, not too long i assume that they're like 
normal running time, about 30 minutes. Yeah, they're they're only um yeah, like thir- 20, 20 to 30 minutes ish. Um there's also apparently a stage play based on this. This is a it's it's a fascinating world that they've built. Hmm. Um I'm reading yeah, it's it's um, it's fun. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's a uh, very adult. Um, it's not something you would want to watch if you have small kids. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> it's not. So, I mean, this is for listeners. I know you don't have small kids, but <laughs> it's not something no, no, you would want to watch with small kids. It's probably not something you would want to watch with your your parents. Um, I mean, unless your parents are into some furry stuff. Um, cause it's, it's very much a furry shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I recommend it. Um, I have a star next to it, so we might talk about it in the future. Maybe. I mean, you've, you've talked about it <laughs> twice now. In your yeah, movie, I know. So. We, we should go for a hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> you must really enjoyed it. It's yeah, no, it's really cool. <laughs> I will, uh, I will stick by that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, when with, you get in with, your fursuit. Um, I'm joking. I'm joking. And yeah, it's okay. I mean, I mean, I'm wearing like I, I'm I'm a pretty hairy dude. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think I need to add anything. I could probably just like put a mask on. Yeah, throw on some bunny ears, or, yeah. or, <laughs> or cat, yeah. cat ears or whatever. <laughs> what um, what animal would you be more akin to? I don't know. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm because I'm not like a fur. Like, I've never really thought about animal kin. Is that is that the fursona? Is that the word? I mean, yeah. I, I think. Um, I mean, it just like if you were an anamorphic animal, what would what would your? I don't know. I I kind of feel like I'd be an owl, like a like a fat owl. Okay. Like just kind of hanging out on a branch somewhere. Yeah. Like, yeah, I um, feel like that's what I'd be. Okay. Cool. I, uh, I know that like certain personas <laughs> have like different, um, uh, I guess different like aspects and stuff like that. I don't know like what the aspects are and whatnot like that, but I, Oh yeah. Think, I, I don't either. Yeah. I definitely think, um, I'd probably go with like the classic cat and, okay. or maybe a, um, I mean, wolf so like generic. That's I mean, like, I feel like I feel basic. like every like so basic, yeah. Yeah, I feel like every sword guy who wants to be edgy is like, I'm a wolf. Yeah. You know, I don't have a pack. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe a cat or something else. I'll I'll get back to you on that one. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to come out of left field and be like, I would be an octopus. Well, I mean, it's not persona thing. I mean, I would definitely be a frog. Like, I think a frog would be cool. Um, definitely because... Oh, is that not allowed in, like, the furry community or birds and, and uh, frogs and stuff? I not allowed. I don't know, but, like, I really enjoyed... So, um, Chrono Trigger had, like, the frog hero in it which was really cool. He was an anamorphic uh, frog. I forget his name in um, Chrono Trigger, but he was really cool. And then I was thinking of, like, Skippy from uh, Star Fox. 
that was the thing that popped in my head is that like like Nobu or the the uh, Toriyama mm-hmm. having drawn like Skippy or, or whatever from Star Fox yeah. or Skippy in that style. <laughs> or like the cool mob frogs from um Kipo. Oh, I yeah. still haven't seen that. It's in my uh my queue. You should go like that, that, that's the show with uh, with Mark Hamill doing a voice. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think so. Yeah. yeah, it's it's in my queue. I um yeah, I'm, I'm making my way there's cool um <laughs> there's cool frogs in there so you know okay. I, i'm going to go with left field and i'm going to go with frog screw yeah wolf. rules be damned you yeah. be a frog yeah feel like a frog you be a frog that's right <laughs> um so yeah with note, that yeah uh on, on that note um your your friendly frog and owl uh yeah, i guess right. will we'll be leaving you uh but we will um be back in a couple weeks uh talking about the uh, 16th iteration of the book club, which is Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, it uh, should be convention coverage of uh, Multiverse. Um, so that should be interesting. Our next uh, re- like regular like main show episode, media show episode, uh, is going to be on the 77 uh, Japanese horror movie, horror comedy movie, Halsu. Yeah, <laughs> I still have not watched that. So, oh, it's pretty to. great. It's on. It's on. Um, I think it's on Prime right now. So if you have Prime, you can check it out. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that'll be our our uh, Halloween episode. Very spooky. <laughs> spooky, spooky. Um. So yeah, with that. Um, we will see you guys in a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, Stay safe, be kind, and um, love one another. Yeah, stay golden, wear your masks. And, you know, bye from the frog and the owl. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.